you know, like you can't, you can't know it all. Mm -hmm. And there are things where it's really that typical, like if you don't use it, you lose it. So if I don't see an elephant that comes in all the time, I won't remember what are some things that I'm going to look out for. Like people that have an LVAD and artificial heart, they actually don't have a pulse because it's a machine that's circulating the blood around the body. So it's things like that, that you like, if you go to take a pulse on some of an LVAD, you're going to be like, uh, (laughs) but it's just things that you may forget as your years go on, especially because not all emergency departments or not all hospitals will see the same conditions given this like, you know, acuity of that hospital. Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. I am your host, Tracy Atsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 160 of ADHD for Smartass Women. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter over at tracyoutsuka.com. My purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. In the thousands of ADHD women that I've had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one that wasn't truly brilliant at something. Not one, and our next guest is no exception. So I am just delighted to introduce you to Jennifer Sahorek. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. Super excited to do this. So I have to tell the story that I really struggle with mispronouncing (laughs) names, and I get a name in my brain, and I cannot get it out. And so I asked Jen, so how do I pronounce your last name? And Mm -hmm. she said, just think of Zahor. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yes. And so now I will never forget it. Anyway. I know, exactly. <laughs> I was Jennifer dating Zohar. my husband. Yeah, he told me that. And I was like, it just doesn't leave you. You're right. <laughs> nice husband. Yeah, now yeah. I will never mess it up. Yeah. Yep. Jennifer Zaharek is a yeah. highly experienced pediatric and adult emergency and trauma registered nurse. Thank you so much for what you do. Oh, okay. That is now the owner and founder of RecMed. Before Jennifer became a nurse, she had a crippling fear of blood, struggled with ADHD and dyslexia, and was told by her nursing instructor that she would never pass the NCLEC, which I guess are the boards for nursing. Jennifer 
was always the bright kid with terrible grades and poor test-taking skills. After college, she became a travel nurse. Yep, she passed that and clack. This allowed her the opportunity to work in over 10 different emergency departments across the country. This is also where she found her nursing niche in level one trauma centers and stroke and STEM centers. We'll have to ask her what that is. As a full-time ER nurse, Jennifer started working on a business to help her fellow nursing community lessen the struggle that she had in school. Today, Jennifer is the CEO of RecMed. RecMed is less than two years old, has booked seven figures in its first year, and has sold more than 45,000 educational planner books to nursing students around the world. Jennifer, did I get all that right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's awesome. Wonderful. It's really cool to reflect back. Yeah. <laughs> I know. When you hear the story, you're like, really? Is that me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what? Okay. I get level one trauma centers. Is that like mm -hmm. severe trauma? Yes. Yeah. So basically a center is leveled by how much auxiliary staff they have. So if you have like the worst of the worst trauma because you have all the surgeons, all the neuro, everything on deck at that hospital. It's a level one. So everything and anything can come to those places. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how you yeah. do what you do. And I mean, <laughs> I, and I know that part of it is your ADHD brain, but I yeah. have to say then there's the other ADHD brain that just kind of runs from all of that, right? I would yeah. be I would be creating the trauma if I had to be in a one <laughs> level one trauma center. Yes. Okay, so what yeah. is the stroke and STEMI center? Mm -hmm. um, so a stroke kind of can go hand in hand. Most all level ones, typically it's a stroke-ish. Like some places specialize in strokes in certain ERs, meaning we have the capability to do certain procedures when the stroke comes in. Like they will go up into um, the cath lab and potentially get that clot in the brain removed, or um, we're able to handle these in a like specialized manner. So certain ERs handle strokes better than other ERs. Um, and I wouldn't say better, they're just more equipped overall. And then a STEMI center is where heart attacks go. So where we have our cath lab for our heart attacks as well. So anytime you hear a STEMI, it's actually a fancy term of saying there's an elevation in that EKG rhythm. And so then that's also known as a myocardial infarction, which is basically just saying they're having a heart attack. So, and of course, those can come in different levels as well. Um, and so certain places are equipped with like STEMI centers. So they're able to do a lot more advanced procedures with cardiac. Got it. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I need to like red flag note, because I am yep. on a mission right now, is <laughs> when you see, I'm going to say a woman, because that's who we mm -hmm. work with women. Yep. When yep. you see a woman who is driven, fearless, a hard worker, super smart, <laughs> eloquent, a problem solver, no matter how hard she studies, she cannot get the grades. You need to look at dyslexia. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've gone back, yeah. I'm writing my book, and I've gone back and I've looked at a lot of the women uh, guests that I've had on the podcast, and uh -huh. I can't tell you how many of them have this same story. Yeah. And I've been going back and saying, okay, you need to call your doctor and, or, you know, whoever you're going to call and check about dyslexia. Make sure there's right. not dyslexia as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And especially when you're talking about an entrepreneur. I mean, you basically, you mm -hmm. saw a need and you filled it. You are a dyslexia poster child. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, like, honestly, that's the thing. It's really like starting from that beginning is just where I struggled so much and I actually didn't know why. I had no idea. Um, I was just always kind of labeled as like 
the kid that didn't get good grades, um, which really didn't start until about middle school. But then it was like, well, she focus, she doesn't focus and she doodles and she does this and she just, she's just a poor test taker. And honestly, not until college did I like figure it out. Um, my actually a professor kind of helped me figure it out together after a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. It then and now in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God, that's really like, I just, I had no idea. I don't think it was as prominent either that we like studied it back then. I mean, I'm 36 now. So when I was in school, you know, over 30 years ago, <laughs> I don't think uh, we were always so focused on it. Honestly, Jen, I don't think they're much better at it. I mean, based on my experience with my son, and let Mm -hmm. me tell you, that poor test taker, those three words, I have heard those over and over again from all different kinds, all different people Mm -hmm. um, who it ends up being ADHD and dyslexia. So I just, you know, I'm like, go check it out, go read about it, see what the symptoms are like, and then, you know, go talk to the professionals. So. Talk to me about your ADHD diagnosis. Did that come first or tell me what happened? Okay. Yeah. In college one day, you know, I had struggled in high school for a long time just taking tests. It was just not anything I excelled at. I was able, I think because just growing up with the same friends and like the teachers and everything, um, I would take tests. I would do terribly, but I barely almost got into any college. And finally I did get accepted into West Virginia university super proud to be a mountaineer. So when I was in my first month, actually, and I went to take a test and I remember just having a straight panic attack. I can feel myself. If I could have seen myself, I probably would have been purple. I was sweating. I was sick. I was nauseous. And I remember walking up to the teacher and I handed in my test and it was not (laughs) done at all. I was probably only 10 questions in and I just looked at him and I was like, I can't do this. And I just walked out the door. I took off and I was so embarrassed because it was in front of the entire classroom. I think there was like 200 some kids in that class. And I just, I remember being like, I don't even know how I'm going to do college. And And you totally studied, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I felt confident. I felt like I knew the information. I mean, it was still, I mean, everything at that point was 101. So it was nothing groundbreaking. Um, We were really just getting, you know, introductory to like everything. And so the professor ended up emailing me and was like, you know, I saw how upset you were, you know, things can be overwhelming when we're in a new place, just want to make sure everything's okay at home and like come see me in office hours. So I went to see him and I remember like just being terrified to even go into office hours. And they ended up asking me like what the problem was. And I told him, I was like, you know, I just struggle with tests. Tests are just not my thing. It's never been my thing. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. So they were like, okay, tell me what it is about the test. So I was telling him how I just feel like um, when I'm taking it, I'm nervous about how long it takes me. And then I feel like I need to rush. And then I also feel overwhelmed that I'm looking at these words, but I'm, I'm reading them, but I don't understand them. Like I'm not actually like processing what these words are saying. So the teacher then was like, all right, let's do this. So let's get a piece of paper. And they put the piece of paper and we're like, question number one, put the paper over everything but the first line. So put the piece of paper on. And I noticed then they were like, go ahead, read the question out loud. And I didn't read about the thir- the first three to four words. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And I started burning out, bursting out that line. And they're like, no, you need to go number one, and then start reading. So I did that. And then I went back and I did it again. And then I moved the paper down a line and I started to almost like skip words. And it's the weirdest thing because I remember I was like, I know that word's there. Why the heck am I not like saying it? Like what is happening? 
And they were like, you know, have you ever been told like you potentially have ADHD? And I kind of was like, eh, no, that's just like a thing. Like, you know, kids go to college, everybody has ADHD apparently. And just thought like, no, 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 not <laughs> yeah. me. And then I remember like going down and a couple of times I would, I was always a good reader, like growing up, but I was, I was reading things backwards or skipping a word. And so they're like, you know what? We really think you need to also look into dyslexia. And it was that office hours and that moment right there that I was like, wow, if I would have just taken the time, put that piece of paper over. And then I remember too, they were like, use your finger, put your finger on the paper and start reading out loud with your finger guiding across the the line. And that was like the moment that everything changed. <laughs> so I then um, was able what to are, sign First up. of all, what uh-huh. an awesome professor. Yes, I know. And you know what? I can't remember his name for the life of me, which I feel so bad. <laughs> we should be shouting him out. And then the second thing is you said yeah. I was always a good reader. Yes. You can be yeah. a good reader and still have yeah. dyslexia. People yeah. don't know that. It's so true. So true. Yep. It's funny because really like it it is in hindsight, I'm like, you know, I see why it was kind of always glossed over a mist, but I didn't realize how much of a problem it truly was. But once I figured out the ADHD, because I really feel like, you know, with ADHD and, and, oh my gosh, you even talk about this, how you have two different forms of it. Um, definitely have that combined component with the inattentive and the hyperactivity and, the thing is, is sometimes it comes out in different ways that it makes you like feel like, no, no, I'm just stressed. No, no, I just have this. No, no, I'm I'm in a new college. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. you're able to think that it's not the case when really like it totally can be. So it's really interesting. Yeah. But then I went, I went down to career services and they put me into where you had like a educational um, like needs. And from that day forward, I actually ended up taking all my tests in a room by myself with a blank piece of paper. And then that was like the magic bullet. Like ever since then, when I was able to finally take tests alone and I was able to like read and talk out loud, it was actually allowing me to like then focus because focusing was so difficult. And I felt so much pressure with so many peers around me that I just, I mean, it really, it changed everything. So I'm very fortunate for that teacher. Yeah, that's for sure. Wow. And so did your, did all of a sudden your grades just shoot up? I mean, you were taking yeah. these classes you were interested in. And Absolutely. You were... Yep. Okay. And, and my studying got a lot better too, because I started to finally use it with books. So I would put that piece of paper with books and then I would just shut out half of the book. I mean, two pieces of paper, like back when, back in my day, when we had textbooks, you know, they were typically like double columned on the pages. And so I remember like folding a piece of paper in half and covering the other column and then like putting a paper up to the other side and just following along so I could shut out the rest of the page and even the pictures and everything to just like help me like sit there and stare at what I needed to go over. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So just so I'm making sure I'm paying attention here, mm-hmm. were you diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia at the same mm-hmm. time? Yeah, there in college. Yep. After that meeting is when I went down to that um, student services. And then that's where I was diagnosed with the ADHD and the dyslexia. Yeah. The ADHD, it was so much more of a dead giveaway. Um, And then the dyslexia, I think I remember like within a few weeks being like, yeah, you definitely have dyslexia. (laughs) So, and it's funny too, because, you know, being a nurse, like I had a very big 
fear because we have to program a lot of medications and drips with numbers. And so I always worried, like, what if my dyslexia overdoses somebody? And it's really interesting because when I do things like I'm actually my dyslexia, I'm really able to catch even though it just kind of happened. So even RecMed, RecMed has become my child, my business, my everything. And there's days where I've caught myself even saying medrec. And I um, just, I think that's one of the funniest things to me. But as soon as it's said or done, I instantly, it's like my brain knows it's not right. And even I'll write the letters, like I'll write the date backwards. I'll put the year where the actual date of the month is. Um, And as soon as it comes off the pen, I see it and I'm like, oh, nope, that's not it. And then I like go back and do it. So I feel fortunate that that is one thing I've kind of had a little bit of a blessing most of the time. I see the dyslexia like the second it happens, but it just happens and there's no way to prevent it forward. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I also want to, you know, give kudos to what was the college you went to? West Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia University. Yep. University. Uh-huh. Because, you know, what's interesting is you said, well, that was the only school you could get into. But yeah. I find it really interesting that they have such good services. for learning challenges versus the other schools. And those are the kids that Mm -hmm. I I just feel so badly for, you know, they've done so well in high school, but then that transition to college, everything falls apart and they may be at these top universities, but there are no services. They just, so, you know, great for West Virginia. I bet you they have a lot of kids that struggle with learning challenges. Definitely. It's true. And what I thought is most interesting too, is how, there wasn't as much of a um, difficulty for admission rate to the campus at my time, but some of their studies and programs are some of the best. Um, they yeah. have one of the like leading programs for sleep education and sleep studies, and they have like leading for all kinds of weird like genetic stuff, and it's really neat. So it's interesting because it's definitely where you think you know like well only really good schools are your ivy leagues but you definitely different departments you know really can blossom in certain ones but you're right yeah the services i received there i mean oh my gosh that 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 school was such a monumental thing for my life that's for sure that they would you know they would call you in talk to you about it and then they had the services to test you like i've never yes. i didn't know yes. schools do that i'm yeah. i'm actually really impressed yeah yeah Yep. Okay. That was great. <laughs> so you need to tell us what are mm-hmm. these educational planner books that you sell to nurses? <laughs> tell me all about that. How did it yeah. start? What is it? Uh huh. So with uh, nursing school and even, you know, I was president of my class in nursing school. I um, was in clinicals. They always said like I was one of the best students, my bedside manner, and I understood things and I could talk to people and teach them um, medical concepts that were difficult pretty easily, even while in nursing school. But I think the, the thing about it is because since I struggled learning, it was always so important for me to be able to take the only way I really understood something is if I could break it down myself in kindergarten terms. And so when I, you know, put in all this time becoming a nurse, I remember like, just the fake it to you make it like I never acted like I knew more than I did. But I definitely like sat back in the shadows and absorbed everything. I always wanted to see every opportunity because I was so paranoid that I was never going to be as good as the nurse beside me. And so I think I worked harder to become more advanced in my nursing career. So I could and I didn't have that fear because in my eyes, the more education I had, the safer it was for my patient. 
So with that and my years of experience and going on 10 years of ER nursing, although I've been in the ER for 15 years total because I used to be a mental health counselor. Oh my gosh, this is four years ago now, I think at this point. I was getting ready to send a patient home and the doctor and me were in the room and he was like, you know, John, you have heart failure and this means you're gonna have to take this medication and you're gonna come in and we'll do a workup and, you know, and heart failure is when your heart, blah, 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 and goes into this whole thing. And so then the doctor walks out and um, I go to hand the paperwork and I'm like, do you have any questions? Can you tell me like what he said? Because I could see in his face, his eyes were saucepans. He just didn't understand anything that was going Mm -hmm. on and was super overwhelmed. And he just looks at me and he was like, I honestly have no clue what he just said. And I was like, okay, perfect. Let's go over this again. So we like highlighted stuff of his appointments and whatnot. And I was like, let's talk about heart failure. And I started getting a drawing on the back of his discharge paperwork. And I started drawing a highway. And then I was like, you know, just like a highway, the cars merge into the highway and they also merge out of a highway. And just like our heart, the blood comes in and the blood goes out. And I started talking about like, if there's construction on the highway, then cars are going to back up. Well, the same thing with the heart when there's something wrong with either the walls or, you know, um, the way it pumps, the the blood is going to back up. And I use this analogy and I remember him looking at me and he was like, why couldn't the doctor just say that? And I was like, you know, I actually don't know. And so I, uh, it was that moment where I was like, this is kind of interesting. I'm so visual because I've always struggled with, you know, the whole reading, studying aspect and test taking that, um, I noticed I learn things in a different way. And medical stuff is like a whole different language that you have to learn while you're in school. Um, once you start, like, like you know, in language, we learn letters, and then we learn words, and then we learn sentences, and then we learn paragraphs, and then we can finally speak fluently. Well, medical is the same thing. You learn there's an organ, and then you learn what that organ does, and then you learn how it functions with the other organ, and then the whole system works. And so when I kind of had that aha moment, I was like, you know, it'd be super cool to make these like reference pages that were about like medical education. But for me, and the biggest thing that helps my ADHD, especially is planners. And although I'm very guilty, and I'm not the best at writing everything down once it hits my brain, planners are the absolute reason I think I exist in this world. And so I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. Like in nursing school, I remember like, you know, we have clinicals and we have to be at different hospitals all the time. And it'd be really cool to, you know, have these references with you almost like your planner. And that was it. I remember just being like, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way to make these like reference pages. So I was actually listening to a podcast and they were sponsored by Skillshare. And they're like, you know, if you go on Skillshare, it can teach you all this stuff. So I looked up um, stuff about graphic design because at the time I was trying to get these graphics for what I was trying to put on a page, but it was costing so much money. And beyond that, it was one of those things where I was like, this graphic isn't exactly how I want to show it. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I better learn how to draw this stuff. So I started taking graphic design classes um, while I was working full time in the ER And it was one of those things that like I had my iPad with the lesson beside me and then the computer. And I started like learning how to draw these things. And two years later, I finally was able to make my first book. And it just took such a long time, like working full time and and learning this whole new skill of life. And so finally, I made this, this planner with all this nursing material in it, and just kind of, you know, utilizing this whole breakdown. And my whole thing was, I didn't want this to be information that was out of a textbook. I wanted it to like make sense and make it at that kindergarten level to just really make things simple. So made the book, 
Um, I bought 500 of them with my own money, working a ton of overtime. I got them here in my garage. I put up my first Instagram ad and I was like, well, we'll see if anyone buys it. And if they don't, I'll have a really big bonfire. <laughs> it will see what happens. And so I remember my husband being like, don't worry, we're not going to be burning books. Everything will be fine. You just got to get it out there. So then um, I- Did you do any thing. kind of like, um, uh, oh God, now I can't think of what the word is. You know, a- uh -huh. um, Oh God, what's the word where you, you get a bunch of people together and then you ask, you know, is this something that you would be like, you'd get a bunch of nurses oh, like together. A poll? Like taking a poll mm -hmm. kind of? No, not a poll. Oh, like a, a group um, study. Yeah, what are they called? A, a, not a special interest group. Uh, yeah, know I know what you're talking about. about. I do. Yes. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> like you a do one of them? No, a focus group, focus group, yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually did not. I was super very private about what I was doing, honestly, um, because I was nervous. I was so nervous that it was going to not work or people wouldn't care. And I spent two years of my life building something that maybe nobody really cared about. So I, um, I didn't, I was actually never really told a lot of my friends, even a lot of never told a lot of my coworkers. And it's so funny, even sometimes now I'll go work at the hospital randomly. And I don't tell people about anything about rec med just because I just feel like that's a whole different life. Um, I don't know. And I'm there to do nurse things, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I didn't. And I put up the ad the first day I put up an ad, I sold two books that day. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I can't, I didn't, I had no expectation. So um, I ended up a month and a half later selling the 500. And I think this is where it got interesting. So I knew I was onto something I needed more books. And, and really, that was it, it grew from there. But I can tell you that ADHD and becoming the entrepreneur and owning a business I truly think that is why like listening to your YouTube and your podcast talking about a superpower is the best thing I've ever heard because I never realized how much of an advantage that the ADHD became seriously a superpower through being an entrepreneur. When you have to learn how to juggle email, advertising, product, oh, inventory, so and much. you name it. It is unbelievable. <laughs> and so I think that being the ER nurse of really just, you know, running room to room, everything's different. Your daily day is never the same. It carried over that it kind of prepped me for this life where I have so much to juggle at one time, but it's almost like it's okay because I've always had a life like that because of my ADHD and I never knew it of just really like doing many things in one day, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's so I crazy. think probably yeah. <laughs> though too, Jen, what mm -hmm. saved you is that you took that graphic design class. You totally. taught yourself how to be a graphic designer because yeah. that is when I first was starting out with this, you know, whole online world, that is what I, mm -hmm. and even before that, I always struggled with the graphic design because I didn't like what they were giving me, but I didn't know how to right. do it myself. Exactly. So that was yes. key. That was brilliant, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. These, the program that um, I work on, I mean, I remember my friends, they went to four years of college to learn that program and be really efficient at it. And I was doing it there over the course of months. And I can tell you, my first graphics are hysterical. Like, I still look at them and I'm like, I tried to draw a germ and it looks like <laughs> I can't, I can't even, a stick figure looks cooler than this germ. And it's just so funny. Um, so it's, it's really cool. The more you use it, the better you get. And of course, now, um, we're about to hit two years of RecMed on the 16th, so almost our second birthday, but we're four years in and my skills even in graphics has just, you know, significantly gone up. But yeah, it really helped like get 
the things I've always wanted to express on the page so much better. That's for sure. Okay. So I just have to tell you that I think that what you've done is beyond brilliant. So for the last, oh, I don't know, I don't know how many months, four or five months, Mm -hmm. I have been um, also training in visual facilitation, which is basically what you're saying, right? Where you're you're doodling and simplifying Uh in order to teach people and help people. And I also believe that most nurses, you know, are somewhere Mm -hmm. on the ADHD spectrum. And (laughs) with ADHD brains, that is how we need to learn. We need to simplify everything and Mm -hmm. see it. And so I will also tell you that, for example, you know, I hated to be on podcasts because I Mm -hmm. couldn't remember where the beginning, middle, end is. Like, how am I supposed to start telling the story? So what I did was I created these big pages where Mm -hmm. I would literally just draw it all out. Like one, two, three, four. So I'd never forget. And that's basically what you've done. And you've done it for an audience that I think a lot of them, you know, struggle with. Right. So, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Absolutely yes, brilliant. I, I, I <laughs> love it. So yeah, what do these you. books look like? These educational planners is like the first part a planner. And then mm-hmm. the second part are, you know, all of these. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, like, no, totally. what does heart disease look like? You know? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. So you can find all of our books. They're on recmed.org, R-E-K-M-E-D.org. So it starts out, the planner itself is, the, the beginning of it is, of course, like you're like, things I need this year. Those are my class schedule. This is my contacts, my passwords, things like that, um, that you would normally see in like a little bit of a calendar or a planner. Um, and then you have the planner main portion. Uh, and so you have most of our planners, we are doing undated because a lot of nursing programs start randomly through the year. It is not a typical college where it's like your program starts in January or it starts in August. We have nurse programs that start in March. Um, some have started in September. It's really, it's crazy or July because there's accelerated nursing programs. So we kind of found out that doing an undated is a lot more helpful so they can start their planner whenever they want. So there's no months in like dated months. There's months in it and there's weekly spreads, but they don't have those numbers and you do have to fill those in. Um, Typically, we always have sticker pages in the back so they're able to fill it in. But every week on their weekly spread, so all 50, I think we have 54 spreads because we count the week before the year and the week after the year. There's a NCLEX style question. So it's a question that's it's like your NCLEX test that kind of helps you just have your weekly question. Um, there's multiple choice at the bottom of the page and you still have that full planner spread, but we have those questions kind of sprinkled in through the weeks. And then we provide the full answer and rationale in the back of the book, um, or sometimes like loose leaf so they can, um, carry it in their little pocket and then well, the pocket and the planner. And then, um, that way they can quiz herself through the year. So then when you're in the backside after December month, we have an anatomy tab. So you have a whole bunch of anatomy. So if you like, um, you know, as a newer nurse or wondering where the ulna is, you can just flip to the anatomy tab and then you can just look and see right there. Then we have a lab tab and that is like the most common labs that we draw on people, um, like to get your white blood cells, liver enzymes, all that stuff. And what typical tube that the blood goes into. So we always, whenever you get blood, you see the like red, green, purple, So we have a chart that's kind of like what most hospitals go with, um, what that specimen's collected in. And then after that is when in our student nurse planner, 
is 65 pages of content. And that is 65 pages of diseases, conditions, everything that's broken down. That's where it's, I mean, it's kind of funny because as I was making these pages, if I saw a lot of words in the page, I would sit there, stare at it, and I'd get mad because I was like, no, less words, better. <laughs> so it's very visually graphic. I mean, everything. And it's it's one of those things, we also have a critical care planner And that's where there's a hundred pages in that one, just because it deep dives into more advanced nursing things with like hemodynamics. Um, But the the goal was too, is like, I remember like, so certain things walk into the emergency department that, you know, I haven't even seen, I I might be in the ER for 15 years, but you know, certain things only walk in every once a year or twice a year. And for example, like people might have an LVAD, which is like a artificial heart in their left ventricle. Um, And so there's times where I remember like, thinking, oh my God, I got to Google, like, what is this LVAD doing? And what are the things I need to know as a nurse? And when you have to Google it, you have to dig through information. You hopefully have Wi-Fi in that emergency department. So for instance, something like that, I mean, everything is broken down into sections, but it's strictly like all you need to know. So if you want to know about an LVAD, this is what it is. This is what it looks like with a beautiful graphic this is what you need to know from the nursing perspective and things to look out for. And that is all. There is no other filler. There's no other like charts, textbook information it is truly what's going to actually help you and what's important to you. And so, yep, we did that with both planners, student and critical care. And it really, I mean, it. I've, I've actually taken a travel nurse assignment and I've even opened up my own planner to remember what I wrote about <laughs> when wow. I was like looking at something. Yeah. <laughs> Once you become a nurse, do you know all this or is there a reason to have this in your planner too? Um, You honestly cannot know everything. It's crazy. The the body is unbelievably complex. So if you think about it, that's why we have like a kidney doctor and we have a heart doctor. We have a brain doctor. We have a doctor does feet um, because everything is so complex when you break it down. So for nursing, we're obviously not doctors. We're obviously not you know, like you can't, you can't know it all. Mm -hmm. And there are things where it's really that typical, like if you don't use it, you lose it. So if I don't see an LVAD that comes in all the time, I won't remember what are some things that I'm going to look out for. Like people that have an LVAD and artificial heart, they actually don't have a pulse because it's a machine that's circulating the blood around the body. So it's things like that, that you like, if you go to take a pulse on some of an LVAD, you're going to be like, uh, (laughs) but it's just things that you may forget as your years go on, especially because not all emergency departments or not all hospitals will see the same conditions given this like, you know, acuity of that hospital. So somewhere, you know, out in Farmville that only has maybe 15 patients here and there isn't going to see the kind of things that a rural Oakland, California is going to see. So, yeah. So do you have a planner for nurses or is it just, yes, (laughs) you do. Yes, okay. we do. Yep. Yeah. We have yeah. So they're able to, um, like it's more for advanced nursing. You can be a nurse, totally understand all of it, but it's really, I mean, it gets heavy into really difficult things. Um, that's harder to understand into your nursing career. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy this planner just to see it. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm like so fascinated. Is there a brain tab? Yeah. yeah uh, what do you mean a brain tab? Like, is there a tab that goes through all the different things, you know, parts of the brain? And- oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yes. What we does have, what? Like, and- yep. Oh, my God. So I got to get our it. Whole, yep. Our neuro section. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. So I have, love it. 
all about strokes, um, seizures, uh, if you have a head trauma, if you know, um, dementia. Oh, yeah, actually, I don't know if we have much about dementia. We do have things too, even about um, like alcohol withdrawal, because that affects the brain significantly. Um, Yeah, there's a whole neuro section in there. So yep. (laughs) Well, this just sounds fascinating. I'm just I'm so excited for you. I just love it all. Oh, thank Um, you. Tell me, what do you think the key to living successfully with ADHD is? Oh, man, embrace it and write things down. (laughs) You know, it's funny when I first started this business and I have a team of five and I love every one of them so much. We would have these meetings in the beginning. um, And sometimes people would even say to me, they'd be like, oh, squirrel, because I would go off on something completely different or I'd have a random idea pop in my head. Um, And we used to always laugh that it was my squirrel moments. And I remember one day being like, you know what, the squirrel thing is funny, but it's also kind of not because when I think about it, these squirrel moments are the reason that our business has actually done some very creative and innovative stuff. So I still do like laugh when I have them, but in a way I'm like, I'm thankful for them. I'm glad that I'm actually like veering off into a whole different lane of traffic because it gets creative and it allows us to expand and really test things out and have that kind of edge to stuff. So I think sometimes just knowing that, that ADHD is kind of what gives you that creativity and like freedom to just like enjoy things in life is making it a lot less boring. That's for sure. And then I know for me, just that writing it down, like if I don't write things down, I will definitely not do it. And so I have to even consciously force myself sometimes to write it down. And I will say to myself, I'll write stuff down and it doesn't always happen. But that has been the answer for me for for staying on task. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So, you know, my son was diagnosed with ADHD when he was 12 and then was not diagnosed with dyslexia until Mm -hmm. a couple months ago. And, Uh you know, he never really struggled with those, you know, traditional ADHD. Like he's not, I mean, he's, is he, I, I don't even think he's impulsive and the executive functions, he's a planner, you know, he doesn't leave things to the last minute when we thought it was just ADHD and he was in high school, it was more a question of, he was just so irritated. He wasn't going to do it. Right. Because he was (laughs) mad at that point. Nobody knows what they're doing. They're not helping me. Um, He had given up hope. But today, having now been diagnosed with ADHD, what he tells me regularly is dyslexia is what leads. It's not the ADHD. Yes, I have some ADHD symptoms, but I don't Mm -hmm. think it's as bad as the dyslexia. Do -hmm. you feel Mm -hmm. um, either way that one of them leads more than the other? Absolutely. I think that is something probably very dependent upon the person, but I know that my ADHD leads way more than the dyslexia. Because I I think because like I said, one thing about my dyslexia is I'm so lucky I catch myself doing it about 90% Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, And so I think that I look at that as less of a burden because I'm just like, oh, I wrote that wrong, scratch it out. And then I keep going about my business. But the ADHD component is a lot more harder to tame and kind of calm down at times. So, yeah. Yeah. And you also made the comment that you were, you know, you're a good reader. So Mm -hmm. I suspect it's probably very minor dyslexia, but still enough Mm -hmm. that you get enough minor things in there, right? And it causes a problem. Yes, definitely. And I, you know, I notice one of the biggest things is stress and having really difficult moments will bring both out or one of them out way harder or faster than the other. So 
when I was really going through it, um, you know, last year with getting some of our books, like our deadlines down and worrying about this paper shortage and trying to get stuff out there. I mean, I remember like every day I felt like my hair was on fire and my dyslexia was running the lead of everything. I couldn't speak sentences without messing stuff up because I would just get so like tangled. But I felt like too, it was like almost as if that hyperactive part was just increasing this dyslexia with the yeah. added stress. And then it when totally life calms sense. down, yep, it definitely like that dyslexia kind of goes back to its like normal like face. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So I think I know what the answer is going to be for this question, but what is your number one ADHD workaround? Oh, <laughs> yes, you probably do. My planner for sure. Yes. Um, and it's funny, my, you know, I have to like totally admit to, it's not even like my planner, like meaning the planners that we make. Um, it's, it's more of, I have like my phone calendar. I have a monthly spread on my desk. I have another one down in my warehouse and I like live by writing down what my day looks like. Um, and so it's not just per se, like getting a planner book. It's really just having that calendar in front of me and what are the things that I need to do now? Um, because since my priorities are so easily shifted, especially with this ADHD world, I just have to sometimes recalibrate and come to center of what it is that needs done right now. So, yep. yep. Yeah. Just that one thing, right? And that kind of yep. starts it and makes it go. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Definitely. Jen, where can people find you if they want to know more about you? They want to buy your planner. They, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so recmed.org is our website. Um, we actually have a vet tech planner coming. We have a dental and a paramedic planner coming. Very excited. Yes. Um, so we're trying to become, if you get into a medical profession in general, we would love to be the person that would be the planner for your medical specialty. So that's our website. And then as far as our Instagram is student nurse planner. So you can hop on there. We also have me. You can reach me on TikTok mostly at Jen at RecMed. I'm also on Instagram at Jen at RecMed, um, but I'm much more active on TikTok, but I answer all my DMs and everything. So, Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Okay. So but, all of that's going to be in the show notes. And I have to tell awesome. you, I am not a TikTok fan. I just can't deal with one more <laughs> social. I just can't. Yes. But I right. happened on your TikTok. You are mm-hmm. so friggin' funny. Those oh, are good. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate like, it. Like I look at people like you and I'm just like, why oh. can't I be like that? I don't know how you do it, oh, but gosh. you're really good at it. Thanks. <laughs> it's weird. It's just like, it's, I swear the ADHD thing. I'll randomly have an idea pop in my head and I'm like, oh, I need to do this now. And if I don't do it now, I won't do it. But <laughs> like, no, it's, when it strikes, you got to hit it. <laughs> so. It is so friggin' funny. Yeah. Anyway, Thank Jen. You. Thank you so much for spending time with us here today. I just, I loved meeting you and talking to you. you. Well, thanks so much for like making this such a awareness thing to the world. I really think that's one of the most amazing things because if I would have had something, a resource like this to understand what was going on earlier in my days, I probably would have found this out much sooner. So cheers to you spreading this awareness. That's for sure. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Okay, so that's what I have for you for this week. One more thing, if you struggle with planners and you're not a nurse or in the medical professions, (laughs) I've created one just for the ADHD brain. It's easy in and easy out, so you'll actually use it, and you can find it at spyhappy.me forward slash planner. If you like this episode with Jennifer (laughs) Sahorek, please let us know. I haven't forgotten it yet. 
please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. Come join me at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.